Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, listeners, and welcome. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for loving us. We ask that today you would be glorified. Lead us and guide us, Lord, today. Let our let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're in Psalm 83. I'm going to start uh, right from verse 1. This is a song, a psalm of Asaph. Asaph has been writing the last few psalms, and um, we're starting here. O God, do not keep silent. Be not quiet. O God, be not still. See how your enemies are astir, how your foes arrear their heads. With cunning, they conspire against your people. They plot against those you cherish. Come, they say, let us destroy them as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. With one mind, they plot together. They form an alliance against you. The tents of Edom and Ishmaelites of Moab and Hegrites, Jabal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the people of Tyre. Even Assyria has joined them to lead strength to the descendants of Lot. Do them as you did to Median, as you did to Sisera and Jabin, at the river of Kishon, who perished at Edor, Endor, and became like refuge on the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb, all their princesses like Zeba and Zamulna. Who said, let us take the possession of the pasture lands of God? Make them like tumbleweed, O oh my God, like chaff before the wind, as fire consumes the forest, or the flame sets the mountains ablaze. So pursue them with your tempest, and terrify them with your storm. Cover th- their faces with shame, so that the men will seek your name, O oh Lord. May they ever be ashamed and dismayed. May they perish in disgrace. Let them know that you, whose name is the Lord, that you alone are the most high over all the earth. Thank you for your word, Lord. What a good message here. What a great psalm. And here they are begging the Lord to help. Their enemies are coming from all sides, and they need help. I know that oftentimes... um, it's felt to me like 
I've had things squeezing me from all sides. And I know that some of you have felt the same way. And he is just crying out to the Lord, help us. And and that's what we need to do is cry out for, to the Lord when that happens to us. Um, thank you for your word, God. And we're going to go on to... Um, um, something that I started last week, and I didn't mean to. I don't know if you remembered, but last week I ended with a scripture that I really hadn't planned to use. As a matter of fact, I remember using this scripture a couple of times even after the show during the week. And this scripture is some is one of those scriptures that most Christians have memorized, have used many times. And this scripture is in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it goes like this. I'm reading out of the New King James. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I would, however, like to read the next two verses to include them here. And that's Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. And in 7 it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Verse 8. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. As I said last week, um, and I, I used this scripture a couple of times last week, and I ended the show with it. Um, and because it seemed to come up more than just a couple of times, I thought to myself, I really did want to dig deep and and take a look at that scripture and really dissect it a little bit and see if I could get more out of it. Because trusting in the Lord, I know that, for many of us, it's really an easy scripture to say when we're talking to somebody that's really um, struggling, hurt, um, maybe failing in some way, and we're so quick to use the scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And it also comes easily for us to say if it's something that we're not struggling at all and things are pretty good. Maybe things are just okay. But that scripture seems to roll off our tongue really, really easily. And it's good that we mean it, but you know, let's really take it apart and see what God is saying. And I I looked up the word in the dictionary, trust, and the first definition says, assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something, which is really a great description of God. He wants us to rely on him. The second 
definition of trust is one in, in which confidence is placed. Another really good thing to put our trust in, right? And the third, it says dependence on something future or contingent. And it's the word hope comes up. There's actually a few more definitions, but I I don't want to go into it. I really just want to focus on these three areas. So the Lord is really saying here, place your confidence in me. Place your hope in me. He's saying, rely on my character, my ability, my strength, my truth. Rely on me to get you through this. Depend on me for all your whole future. I love that scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you are for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So place your hope, your trust in God. That's what he's saying to us. The other thing I wanted to say about this trusting is as things get more and more difficult, as the pressure seems to really push us and steer us kind of in the wrong direction, or maybe it's our health or someone is, you know, the enemy is attacking or maybe something's going on with our job. The more we're struggling, the harder it is sometimes to kind of give it all up and trust God until we have nowhere else to go. But he's saying trust, trust in the Lord. But the other thing that I, I love about the scripture is he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. All means everything. There's nothing more than all. All is you're all in or you're all out. And he's saying, trust in me, the Lord, with your whole heart. And don't you feel like sometimes your heart has a mind of its own, like it wants to run from this, from this thing that you're struggling with, and go completely in another direction. But he's saying, no, trust with your all your heart, your whole heart in me. He wants us to trust in him and only in him. Now, the other thing, it does sound a bit weird to say this, but when you say trust in the Lord, with all your heart. Don't you think that sometimes you can trust the Lord in the spiritual things, but it's way more difficult to trust in other things? Like I remember saying, um, you know, God, I've got this. I've got, I, I've got my job. I, I know how to do my job. I can do it with my eyes closed. You take care of these things over here. Stay in your lane. I'll stay in mine. I know that sounds weird, 
But actually, every God is when we accept the Lord, we accept Him into our hearts. We accept Him into our life. He's in us. When and we are in Christ, the the Bible says we are in Christ. So He's in us. We're in Him. It's there's no there's no I'm in church right now, so I can be I have to be spiritual, or um, you know here I am in a restaurant, I can do whatever I want, or um, well I'm driving my car, so I don't, there's nothing spiritual here. No, we're God is with us all the time. We we shouldn't be cutting things and dividing things up. This is a spiritual place. This is where I'm going to worship God. This is what is what is the opposite of spiritual? Maybe carnal. So, do we have a carnal side of us? No, we want to have a spiritual side of us all the time. The Bible says He is holy. God is holy. And and let me look up the scripture here. It says in First um, Peter one six, Jesus says, "Be holy, for I am holy." So we don't have to be, you know, wearing that. I don't know, for lack of a better better term, I'll just say that spiritual drab look on our face as we walk around with a Bible under our arm. No, that, that's not what God expects of us. He expects us to be holy as he is holy. Just be holy in everything we do. Do the right thing. And if we flub, which we always do, ask for forgiveness and move through it. But this taking off a spiritual hat and putting on a maybe a carnal hat is not what he wants us to do. Be ye holy, for I am holy, he's saying. So there shouldn't be a spiritual side of us and a non-spiritual side of us. We need to be walking in him, with him, all the time. So um, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. What does that mean? What does lean not on your own understanding mean? Well, you know, um, the thing that I think about leaning is, have you ever stood maybe in the back row for a really long time where you felt like you couldn't stand anymore, but your husband or wife was next, next to you or maybe the wall was right there so you could kind of lean on the wall. You felt like, oh my gosh, if I don't lean on something, I'm going to fall down. Or maybe it wasn't that at all. Maybe you injured yourself or maybe had surgery and you ended up with either a cane. I know that my brother had surgery on his knees and hurt his knee after that and his back. And he now, to steady himself, uses a cane all the time. 
So maybe you've injured yourself or hurt yourself and you've needed crutches or a walker or maybe a cane. This is the kind of leaning God is talking about. He's wanting you. So here you are. You just had surgery. You've got this crutch that you're using, both of them under your arms, and you're, you're needing that to walk. God is saying, kick those crutches away and lean on me. Can you even imagine that? I mean, really. Can you imagine not using that crutch to walk? Well, that's the way God wants us to roll. He wants us not to lean on that crutch or that cane or that walker. In the natural, we think, oh my gosh, I can't walk without it. But in the spiritual, you have to think about it. God does not want you to lean on that crutch to get through life. And I don't mean that you're, you know, you really in real life need that crutch or, or whatever. I'm talking about in the spiritual. He doesn't want us to lean on that crutch or lean on that cane or lean against that wall to stand up. He wants us to lean on him. I want to bring that scripture up in because I think about this, that scripture in where Peter walks on water, and that's in Matthew fourteen twenty two. Let me just read it for you. <clears throat> it says here in verse I won't tell you I, I won't read the whole story, but everybody knows it. The boat is you know, they're in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water, and they think they see a ghost, and no, they realize it's Jesus, and Peter offers, and this is where it is. This is, this is Matthew 14, verse 28. So Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 20, 29, come, he said, this is Jesus, saying to Peter, come. Come, he says. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out to the Lord, save me. And of course, God saves him, grabs onto Peter, because he's sinking. You know, I've heard the sermon many times by several different pastors, and they've always said that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and looked on the waves or looked on the water or concentrated on, his, on, the, on, on the problem here, which is he was walking on water and began to sink. But in reality, you have to think of it this way too. He wasn't trusting in the Lord with all his heart. He was leaning on his own understanding. He saw the water. In his mind, his understanding was saying, I can't be walking on water. This is impossible. And he began to sink. A perfect example of us not trusting in the Lord. Here's Peter sinking, sinking into his problems. 
But the reality of this all is that we can, we can walk on water with his help, with, with Jesus' help. So lean not on your own understanding. What does understanding mean? Wow, that's a whole nother subject. Um, I really believe that when it says understanding here, we're really talking about your beliefs, um, what makes you tick, what what you see is your you know belief. Lean not on what you think you should do. Lean not on what you think you can stand on. All of that might fall. Lean on Jesus. I'm thinking here that there's a lot of things that we can think about with understanding. It's our thoughts. It's our comprehension. It's our feelings. It's judgment. All of those things could be wrong. Our thoughts could be wrong. Our comprehension about something could be wrong. Our feelings could be wrong. A judgment of something could be wrong. But when you lean on God's understanding, on his comprehension of his thoughts, you're, you're not going to sink. You're not going to fall. Now, I've been talking about Jesus a lot here, and I can see that some viewers may not know who Jesus is. Um, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're hearing about God, and you're, you're not getting the sense that I can't lean on him like that. Well, let me offer you an invitation to accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died for the whole world. It says here, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him shall have everlasting life. And you're the whosoever. If today you would like to invite Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, follow me in this very simple prayer, but mean it with your heart. There's no magic in this prayer. But if you mean it with your heart, God will do his part. And follow me, and it goes like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Forgive me of the sins of my past, present, and future. Help me, Jesus, to walk with you. Thank you that you died and rose on the third day, and on the 40th day you ascended into heaven to be with the Father, to prepare a place for me. I love you, Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have said that simple prayer and meant it with your heart, call us here at K-Praise. Or at the end, you'll see some, hear some contact numbers. Please give us a call and let us know that Jesus is now your Lord and Savior. I haven't finished this lesson, so 
hang in there for part two of Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.